like um the devil oh my gosh so do you and you're not even wearing uh, a devil onesie <laughs> 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 well you look ridiculous so. oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh no i do like your shirt though it's like a Thank devil you. tarot card is that what that is um it's a loteria card oh my god <laughs> el diablo el diablito goes smaller so Oh, yeah, yeah. Petit. Petit, as usual. <laughs> el, el petito. Is that, a word? <laughs> Is that it? No. Um, you know what? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so, hey, bitches. I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake. We're Fear the Talking Queers. Welcome to the show. They're both lesbians. Absolutely. Which I, I think brings us to our movie this, this movie. week. Yes. Yes. Which, which is Fatal Attraction. Oh, yes. Um, this, <laughs> this is like a crazy psychosexual thriller from 1987. Yeah. And um, it was the highest grossing movie in the world of 1987. It, not, wow. in a, not, in the, not in the U.S., but um, it, was, it came in number two behind uh, something else. I forget. But um, it was the highest grossing movie overall in the world in 1987. So this movie was a Whoa. huge hit it is an it is an iconic staple and it spawned a lot of copies it created a whole subgenre, and so this movie is very very important i would say absolutely um, to the you know to the movie to the thriller canon it's not necessarily a horror film more of a thriller um but why don't i tell you what it's about tell me all right <laughs> Fatal Attraction, released in 1987, directed by Adrian Lin and written by James Dearden. Our film begins with Dan Gallagher, played by Michael Douglas, and his seemingly perfect family, including his beautiful wife Beth, played by Ann Archer, and their young daughter Ellen. Dan is a successful publishing house lawyer in New York City. Dan and Beth attend a work party for Dan's publishing house, where Dan has a chance meeting with a mysterious woman named Alex Forrest at the bar, played by the legendary Glenn Close, where we learn that she is also in the publishing business, but as a book editor. A few days pass, and Beth takes a trip for the weekend to her parents' house with Ellen, leaving Dan for the weekend at home as he's been called into work. At the work meeting, coincidentally, Alex Forrest is asked to attend by Dan's colleagues to assist on a publishing deal. There's a strange magnetism between Alex and Dan, and they decide to have dinner together to wait out the rain. What seems like an innocent dinner between colleagues quickly turns more intimate as Alex proposes that the two of them have an affair while Dan's wife is out of town, promising discretion. Dan, hypnotized by the thought, agrees, and the two of them have their first sexual encounter in Alex's apartment in the meatpacking district. In the sink. (laughs) Yes, in the sink, literally. The party does not end for the two of them as they decide to spend the rest of the night together attending salsa nightclubs and having as much sex as possible, even in an elevator. Dan returns home the next morning. Having neglected contacting his wife, he calls to assure her that he's been busy with work and she informs him that their daughter wants a bunny rabbit as a pet and that they'll be staying a little longer at her parents. 
Dan is then contacted by Alex, and they continue their affair playing in the park with Dan's dog and listening to Madame Butterfly, their mutual favorite opera. It's clear that Alex has a strong infatuation with Dan as she wishes that their affair could continue, much to Dan's objections. Alex starts to show red flags when she lashes out emotionally and physically at Dan for needing to return home before his wife returns. Alex goes as far as cutting her own wrists open to get Dan to stay. Dan takes care of her before rushing home to make it seem as if he'd been there all weekend. Dan resumes life with his family, even taking a trip down to the country where Dan and Beth are looking for a new house. Everything feels back to normal until Alex shows up at the office to apologize for her actions, as well as invite Dan to the opera, Madame Butterfly, in which he declines. Alex graciously accepts his decision, but spends the night crying, listening to Madame Butterfly and stewing in her own depression about Dan. Alex begins to ramp up her approach, calling Dan's office repeatedly as well as his house, to which she gives no reply when Beth answers. Alex demands that she and Dan meet where she confesses her love and even tells him that she is pregnant with their child. Dan assumes she wants an abortion, but Alex insists she wants to keep it, trying to trap Dan into being part of her life. Dan breaks into Alex's apartment to find evidence that the child may not be his, only to find that Alex has been dishonest about some things, including the death of her father. Dan becomes increasingly nervous about the damage Alex can do to his family. Alex shows up at Dan's apartment having a chat with Beth, pretending to be someone interested in their apartment as well as somebody Dan has never met, much to Dan's surprise. Alex learns about their plans to move to the country and Alex tells Beth that she is in fact pregnant. Dan goes back to Alex's to demand she leave him and his family alone, but she continues to use the baby as leverage and refuses to be ignored, threatening to tell Beth. Dan and Beth begin to move into their new home, and Dan buys his daughter the rabbit she'd so desperately wanted. Alex begins stalking Dan, throwing acid all over his car in a parking garage and leaving him threatening tapes. In an infamous scene, Alex even goes as far as boiling little Ellen's rabbit in their new kitchen. Dan knows he must tell Beth the truth now, to which Beth is devastated, especially the news of the baby. When Alex calls again, Beth threatens to kill her if she ever tries to get in contact with her family again. Alex, unwilling to let up, kidnaps young Ellen and takes her for a day at the amusement park, while Beth panics trying to find her daughter, resulting in Beth crashing her car. Dan, enraged, attacks Alex in her apartment for kidnapping his daughter, almost killing her. Alex retaliates with a knife, but is quickly subdued. Dan leaves her while she smiles on. Thinking he got his message across, Dan returns home and Beth begins to run a bath for herself as she's banged up from the crash. Alex shows up in the bathroom with Beth, claiming that she and Dan are in love while cutting her leg open with a knife and threatening Beth. Alex attacks Beth with a knife and a struggle ensues. Dan, hearing the commotion, runs to Beth's defense. He is sliced in the chest by Alex, but he is able to tackle her into the full bathtub, holding her under the water. Alex seems to be dead, but she pops up for one last surprise, only to be shot in the chest by Beth, killing her. The end. Ooh. Yes. What an iconic performance, bitch. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let me start by saying something very quickly. I learned from you that Glenn Close was almost not considered for this role because of her looks. Yes. Because they didn't think that she was that Hollywood bombshell, whatever. Um, uh, Michael Douglas was actually quoted saying that they were doing her agent a favor by letting her audition. Wait. Not her. 
the the they were letting they were giving doing a favor for her agent. That is fucked up. That's fucked That's up. That's ridiculous. Especially because okay, look, when you have a horny guy who feels like he's deprived from sex, he'll have sex with a toilet paper roll. <laughs> so <laughs> for them to say that she was anything but a woman for this is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Especially because they cast a Michael Douglas. <laughs> as the, I mean, as the the award, the reward, you know, for these women. So it's like uh, you can't cast a young Ebenezer Scrooge as your male lead <laughs> and, and refuse to have Glenn Close play opposite of him. But I guess there's something about him because Glenn Close actually said that on the set he made her very nervous and she was sort of intimidated by his suave Hollywood demeanor. I mean, he was Unlike, a huge star at the time. Like that was his heyday. Uh, like the late '80s. Early 90s was the time of Michael Douglas, which he I mean... He was never handsome. I don't understand it. I mean, I don't know what it is, but somehow he bagged Catherine Zeta-Jones. I mean, you know, Ugh. which is crazy. I mean, she's one of the most beautiful women that has ever been in Hollywood. That's true. Ugh. I mean, it's but... Que horrible, que horrible. Yeah, so, yeah, she was not even in consideration. In fact, she was like the fourth choice for this film and um, yeah. I'm sure they are probably thinking they're fucking lucky stars that they did because she turned out a performance that is off the wall batshit crazy. It's, it's part of film history. Yeah like AFI um, called it the number seven most terrifying performance of all time. Yeah a terrifying villain um, and you know Alex actually or Alex <laughs> oops see she's so good it's person. <laughs> Glenn Close actually says that she doesn't see Alex as a villain because she did plenty of research for this role and she was like why and then they changed the ending on her because test audiences didn't receive the original ending well because it ended with like her committing suicide and framing Michael right. Douglas' character for you know murder right. um, so that's the ending they give it to test audiences they hate it and so they manufacture the ending where she goes completely crazy and I think one of the earlier versions of the script that Brian De Palma kind of stuck his hands in when he was being considered for director um, was that he turned into like a full horror film and actually right. had her masked with a knife at the end. Wow. I mean, I, I do. I, I was kind of wondering that. I was like, okay, so had it been a horror film, like how would it have been different? I feel like probably more people would have died because nobody. The only person that dies in this movie is her and the bunny. And the bunny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I and I and I read that Michael Douglas's. Um, friend in the film I think he had a bigger role so I bet she probably offed him or you know I'm sure more his people his wife or whatever yeah. right I'm sure more people died and I think they probably wanted to go less horror and more of like a psychological thriller which um, I think worked for this but I do think it's interesting that you know in Glenn Close's research back in the 80s you know she apparently took this script to like several psychologists looking for an for like she's like okay is this normal for people to act this way is this something and none of not a single one of them said that this was a mental illness which is crazy because this is absolutely no, yeah i think they told her that um she may have been sexually abused as a child so she reacts to sexual acts um like violently or something like that and it's like no this is clearly a woman with struggles of compulsion like she 
you know, yeah. it's too compulsive. Like, I mean, there's something deeper there than just like some, right. maybe some trauma from childhood. Right. So I, I think it just shows that maybe in the 80s, they weren't like they didn't handle this movie maybe in the correct way, because Glenn has gone on to say that had she known what she knows now, she probably would have played the character completely differently. Or maybe they would have. She thinks that she, maybe she could have convinced them to take the character in a different direction. Yeah, you know, but I think that her being unaware of how to handle it at the time helps the performance because you're not trying to do it justice or respect. You're just trying to become that person. Oh, that's and true. And I think it worked well in her favor. Yeah. Um, because they, because people in those situations, they don't know that they're being crazy. They think that everything they're doing is logical and legitimate and will, you know, convince the other person to fall in love with them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I looked up um, what disorder Alex supposedly has. And um, oh. so it's called Clarembault syndrome, but it's also known as erotomania. Ooh. Ooh. I kind of like that. Yeah, erotomania. And, and they should make a movie with that name. Yeah, I mean... Literally, they should have just renamed this movie that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so the definition is um, says the syndrome is characterized by the delusional idea, usually in a young woman, that a man whom she considers to be a higher social and or professional standing is in love with her. So, I mean, that sounds pretty close to what this film is. Yeah, what, what the, she experiences. What she goes through. Because she, yeah, she, I don't think that they are on different levels as far as like professionally so um, I mean I guess that part can be ruled out but I mean still she she is convinced that this person that she had a very short fling with is in love with her and she can't take no for an answer yeah and I think what bothers me about the film too is that they make her out to be crazy after basically it's his fault because he's the one that you know basically has the power like I'm married but right. here's this woman in front of me and he we, he buckles down and he goes and hooks up with her but it goes beyond that it's like then they go out dancing and then they connect right. on a deeper levels for their appreciation of opera and all that and it's like why are you going like you're trying to you're pretending to have a relationship with this woman for a weekend and you expect her not to kind of cling on to that and be like well are you gonna leave your wife <laughs> right I mean yeah this, I mean I think it's hard because in the beginning she does like promise discretion you know she's like it'll be discreet between us and she sort of takes it a little further when she gets upset that you know he's not willing to stay with her or continue their affair and you know just throwing her under the bus so I mean it's hard to say but I do think that he gets off too easily in this film totally everything works out in his favor yeah yeah and and at the end of it she's absolutely nuts and he doesn't really pay any consequence I mean at the end at the end of it, he's he still is with his wife. He's still with his, you know, like everything works out in the end for him, even though he makes a pretty fucked up mistake in, you know, having a physical relationship with this woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is the, the thing should have ended poorly for him because peop- this film actually, uh, you know, provided a warning to men like people go up to Glenn Close and tell her that she saved their marriage because they rethought having an affair because what if she's like Alex yeah, Fatal Attraction? What if she's not so? Well, I do. Okay, <laughs> so then going back to what we, you kind of mentioned before, the original ending versus the theatrical ending, I do think that um, I do think that one, like I think the original ending did sort of give him 
a little more consequence than yeah totally. you know because in the original ending alex kills herself she frames dan for with fingerprints on the knife or whatever it is and then he ends up going to jail he gets convicted for her murder and goes to jail and she's dead you know and um romeo and juliet right <laughs> yes what a romantic ending <laughs> um but and and i think that that is also interesting because it does um mirror the plot of madam butterfly and i thought that's you know that's okay, a re- yeah. you know that's a really brilliant tie-in because in madam butterfly it's about um you know a, a soldier who who has a baby with a japanese girl but then he ends up leaving her for an american girl and she gets very sad and she kills herself and so I think that that really tied in nicely with how much with how much Madame Butterfly is mentioned in this film, and I think that sort of yeah. tied in nicely. So when they cha- you know, but then they end up changing it because test audiences didn't like that because they thought that Alex needed more consequences. They needed justice for all the crazy things that she did. Yeah, because society loves to punish women. Yeah, we yeah. So they needed to see Alex, the woman in the story, punished. Yes, she does crazy shit, but they needed to, they couldn't let that original ending happen. They needed to see her punished. That's why they added the the new ending, and it was like apparently a big fight between the cast and you know the the directors and everything because Glenn Close like vehemently opposed the idea of changing the ending like she was distraught she was like no there's no way we can change the ending it's perfect how it is because at that point she was connected to her character and she didn't want to see her be done dirty like that yeah literally but then you know but the director was offered more money to you know make the new ending and michael douglas was like of course of course michael douglas wanted that ending you know, it, it gets his God. character off the hook, you know? Yeah, it's, I'm shocked because he is... Uh, I mean, in these, like, ba- behind-the-scenes, like, interviews, he seems like such a uh, misogynist. I mean, that's probably true, you know? Um, but, I mean, it's probably just how they viewed women in the 80s. Like, it's an unfortunate reality, but... Um, oh, totally. It's still like that. you know, and yeah. though, And it goes from, like, the crew to this is exactly why she almost didn't get cast in the first place because men didn't think she was attractive enough to right. carry on an affair with Michael Douglas like right. I, I right. think <laughs> you know <laughs> and then um, when she was saying that he was very suave in Hollywood she was like he would just come up to me and make jokes and I uh, you know I was just so like thrown off and nervous and awkward and da, da, da. and I'm like uh, by Michael Douglas like I don't get that and Michael Douglas said that he was just trying to be trying to make her comfortable because it's movies are mostly always male set so he thought it was the actor's job to make the actress comfortable i'm like oh god i mean what world are you living in literally and you know what and i do think there's something weird about the fact that this movie was written by men and directed by men and when it's about a woman's psychosis like that's not fair that's not fair like how are they how are they gonna speak on this one on you know this woman's I don't know and like stig- and honestly, stigmatize this woman for in, her in mental male health. Male and female hetero relationships, usually the men are possessive and uh, crazy and obsessed. It's hardly ever the women. Yeah, at least in my neighborhood. I mean, yeah, but you know, we we deem women as 
crazy because they are emotional. Men aren't emotional, so they don't get that label. They're hormonal. Yeah, they're hormonal. They're emotional. They're sensitive. Like, that's crazy to me. So, I'm surprised at how many women, the, how many actresses were on this list of possible Alex's. Oh my gosh, so many. It's an immense... Uh, some some actresses from the movies that we've covered so far, Amy Irving and Sissy Spacek, were both considered for the role of Alex, from Carrie, of course. Right. Um, and then from, of course, Death Becomes Her, all three female leads were considered for the role of Alex. <laughs> Isabella Rossellini, Goldie Hawn, and Meryl Streep. Um, and then Bruce Willis, also from Death Becomes Her, was offered the role of Gallagher. Yeah, damn. <laughs> and, um, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, was... You know, you know who else is considered for it? Diana Ross. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been iconic too. Could you imagine Diana Ross playing this? That would have been oh my god, crazy. I mean, that I would have loved to see that. Yeah, that would have been amazing. But you know what? I'm, <laughs> honestly, I am happy that you know Glenn, you know, got this role. She, I mean, she was Oscar nominated for this film. This film had six Oscar nominations. And yes. and Glenn, unfortunately, you know, to this day, she has not won an Oscar, which is a crazy, crazy thing. That's crazy. And do you know who That's she? Crazy. Do you know who she lost this Oscar to? Who? Meryl? No, Meryl never. Won. No. Share, bitch. For what? For Moonstruck. A bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, uh, she should have gotten the Oscar. And you know, um, Glenn Close has a. She does this great thing where she taps into the psyche of characters that can be often seen as villainous and yeah. brings them a whole new life. She could have won an Oscar for 101 Dalmatians, bitch. <laughs> like, she's like, that yeah. good. She fucking is Cruella. Literally Cruella. Um, um, absolutely. Literally Cruella. Or um, she's the, you know, the man behind a the curtain and uh, the Stepford Wives remake. Oh yes, uh, she and she does. She's brilliant in she's that. Brilliant. Ending. She gives a performance that that movie does not deserve, and I love that movie. That movie is, that movie. That movie is ridiculous, but she gives more than that movie needed because she she's amazing. Like Glenn Close is amazing, and I don't give a fuck how ugly you think she is. Whatever, she nailed this part. She play. She I thought she nailed the sexy parts. She I think did. She, you know she. She even made the decision to let her she hair did. be wild, and you know, so what? If yes, you... she was she was flamboyant and effervescent. She was effervescent um, and she was magnetic, and I think that's that was important yes. because we needed we needed to see why Dan was so attracted to her, and it was and maybe it yes. wasn't all just about her looks; it was about her energy and is what she you know. yeah her power and her energy because she also presents sort of masculine sure. almost in a way like where that kind of like that aggression, you know, that aggressive attack on, you know, the person that you're trying to yeah. get with. Um, she sort of has like a masculine energy about her too, which I think guys always find cool when they could find a girl that has, you know, attributes of also being like a friend. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. She definitely, even down to like her, cl- I mean, I guess this was iconic 80s style, but she has a lot of yes. you know, big shoulder pads and I don't know. Um, yes. And you know, I, I'm, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that she does present her, her strong energy, strong masculine energy, she, big dick she energy. Does. She has big dicks in those trousers. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And you know, um, then they have their the daughter Ellen. She's sort of gender bending now. Work. I mean, honestly, yeah. Who knows? Was she a little boy? Was she a little girl? I didn't know at first. I thought that. 
you know, she was a little boy until, you know, she started putting the lipstick all over her face. She goes, silly girl. And I'm like, girl. Uh, yeah. And then they say Alan. And I'm like, Alan? <laughs> Alan or Ellen? <laughs> but do you know what? There's something to be said about uh, a child that gives a great performance. And oh, I thought she gives a lovely. She gives such a good performance that scene when like she's watching her parents fight and she's like, and she's crying. She's like crying and you know, um, according to you know what I've read about it, apparently Michael Douglas was behind the camera antagonizing her and telling her that yeah, he was going to take away her her unicorn and you know like, and, look at that stupid unicorn. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you should put me on sets. I can make kids upset. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're ridiculous. Yeah, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Your hair looks stupid. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be in a movie. You're ugly. Your, <laughs> <laughs> your finger painting sucks. You call that a hand turkey? How <laughs> tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, that, I think that little girl is so great. And you know who has a really random cameo in this movie? Did you notice that Jane Krakowski randomly yes, played the babysitter the ba- yes i thought that was so yeah, hilarious I was, I was like wait a minute she didn't even have a name just the babysitter yeah i'm like oh my god jane who knew i know seriously bunny boiler that became a part of like and i've heard that term and i never knew that it yeah. came from this movie until yeah. i watched it yeah but this is my first time watching this i've never i've never seen this movie yeah this is the too. this is the first time we've done a movie that you haven't seen a million times no in a I, while <laughs> seriously Seriously. Yeah, and that's kind of exciting for me. I was like, "Ooh, this is fun to like have Frankie, you know, see a new one." I know for the I know because I usually know the movies that we do by like like the back of my hand, literally, maybe even better. Yeah, um, what's my knuckle? Um, but <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, this is like totally like out of my even element. Like, I don't think I really go for like erotic thrillers, sure, you know, or psychosexual movies. Like, I don't I don't really pick those, but. This is this was great. This is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, because the the performance that Glenn Close gives is stellar and very thrilling. Right. And, and, and I, she's the highlight of this movie. Oh, for sure. And I think that this movie really um, taps into you know the fear part of you know the fear part of our name because you know it doesn't have to be necessarily horror to to, to incite fear. I mean, this is the fear of. I don't know of stalking, the fear of obsession, the fear cheating. of cheating, cheating, <laughs> something you should be afraid of. Yeah, of losing your family. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of tense moments in this. There's a lot of tension, um, and I think that you know, I think that works with that under the dome of fear and fear of the talking queers. So I thought this was a, <laughs> I thought this would be a fun choice. Like we we sort of randomly watched it at my house, and I was like, wait a minute, I would love to do an episode on this with Frankie. Yeah, and so and I think when we announced it, actually, a lot of people were excited. Yeah. About it. Oh my gosh, this is my mom, one of my mom's favorite movies. She even commented on the Instagram post. Oh my god. So I yeah. So, she can't wait. Yeah, my mom literally like anytime I talk about horror movies, she goes, you know, I don't really like horror movies, but I do love like thrillers, like Fatal Attraction. That's always her line. <laughs> Shout out to you, mom, again. I know. I keep mentioning you in every episode, but hi, mom. <laughs> so there was some real horror taking place, though, on set of Fatal Attraction. Oh, so yeah. when they, during the ending reshoot, when, you know, they have that whole iconic bathroom scene and everything, um, Glenn Close hit her head on a mirror so hard she got a concussion. Right. And she was rushed to the hospital where she found out that she had a concussion, but also that she was pregnant. Which is so scary. I'm sure she was like, holy shit. I'm like putting my body through an insane amount of stress. Yes. And, you know, like. She even got eye and ear infections from constantly dunking into the bathtub. Yes. Could you imagine? Like that scene had to have been 
like excruciating to film. I mean, because it was like for hours. And it's a scene that she didn't even want to film. Right. And she's like, oh shit, now I have to film this crazy ass scene where I'm being dunked under the water. You know, and it's not just clear water. I mean, there's another human being in it. There's makeup. Yeah. Their sweat, blood, fake, fake blood. blood, like, and so she's being dunked over and over. Of course, she's gonna, you know, be physically harmed. all kinds of fucking bacteria up in there. Oh yeah, and, uh, and then they like made God. her. They made her put it in those like white contacts, which the director did say that he regrets doing that. Um, there's like when he's she's being held under, she has like these like white contacts in. And they're like, oh, when she's after she's dead. Well, not even after she's dead. It's while she's being oh. held under. She has like the, her eyes go completely white. And I guess the director Whoa. watching it back was like, I regret that decision because it's a little over the top because she does look great. She almost look, she looks like a zombie underneath the water. And I was and even <laughs> I, even I was watching. I was like, does that happen when you're being drowned? Like, why did her eyes turn so white? But <laughs> Does that happen when you drink? I was like, okay, but I guess it was a, it was a choice, and that is a choice that they regret. But um, yeah, so even Glenn Close can't. She says she feels uncomfortable um, watching back that scene because she knows how much harm she put her unborn child in. Yeah, like that. Luckily, this nothing happened to the baby. My God, I know. And she grew up to be, you know, she's an actress. Speaking of, do you think Alex is pregnant? They never really talk about if she's... Because I know that... I know personally people that have lied to, like, ex-boyfriends. I mean, like, you know, it's... To po- saying that they're pregnant to keep them in their lives. I mean, it's possible. She would have had to have rigged the person who... Because she, she even gives him the number of her gynecologist. And she's like, call him. And he says he does call. And he does... And he says that the doctor says, congratulations. And so, I mean, I mean, oh, which is, shit. I mean, oh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, which is possible. She could have set that all up. I mean, does, it's not that hard to, you know, maybe give somebody some money, you know. The audiences are so stupid that I think she was just pregnant. <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, that's probably true. I don't know. I can't say for sure whether she was pregnant or not, but um, I, I could see it going either way. I think that she could either be using it as a device or she was, mm-hmm. she was purposefully not maybe she like omitted the fact that she wasn't using any birth control specifically to keep him there i don't know i yeah. don't know yeah but it's a it's it's a hard one to tell well for anyone who is a huge fan of fatal attraction the play is another version to watch because they actually in the play that was written in 2014 by the same writer um and it plays out with the original ending really? which is, makes more sense in the times that have changed you know yeah. Um, wow. I didn't, I didn't even know there was. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, there's a, a play. The, didn't even know. the um, it started as a short story, I think. Really? And oh yeah. It, did. it, was, it became a movie. I, yeah, I think it started as a short film. Short film. Or a short something. script. Or yeah, something. short story or something. And then the writer wrote a feature film, and then ended up writing a play. And the play actually has the original ending and more depth into the mental illness that Alex is struggling with. Good, because I, I I think that's. I think that's like a necessary step to bring this story into the current times, into modern times, yeah. because I think that you have to, you have get... to, yeah. People don't just accept this anymore. Like, we we wouldn't be no. as accepting of just you know we this, need to know this woman is crazy. Like, no, we don't know why. Um, so one thing that I think is really iconic about this film is that it created a whole subgenre of films with so many remakes and copies. Oh my god! And um, so I'm just like off the top of my head, I, I think of like Swim Fan. 
you remember Swim Fan? Yes, yes, I remember Swim Fan. I was like, uh, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Um, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Um, (gasps) Have you seen that one? That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe we'll do that sometime. Oh my gosh, this is another one of my mom's favorites. I'm I'm telling you, this is her genre. (laughs) (laughs) Obsessed. Obsessed, okay. That is a huge one. Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce Knowles, you know. Um, Yeah, The Crush starring Alicia Silverstone. When she was like 14, um, when the bow breaks. Oh yes! Oh, you know what? That movie is so underrated. I really like that movie. Is it? Boo! Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love Regina. I love her, but I mean, whatever. That movie. There's another. There's a new one called called Fatal yes. Affair. Affair. Yes, okay. Fatal Affair. And they they. I read an article and they said that yeah, it totally pulls out of the book from that, but the but with the gender swap. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, starring so, Neil Long and Omar Epps. Yeah, so they just pretty much took this movie and just flipped the roles and yeah. made made him the crazy one, which I mean, okay. Sure. Yeah, but it got horrible reviews. <laughs> yeah, it has. Like, but it might be worth a watch. It's on Netflix. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll check it out just for the the sake of. Um, this movie almost inspired its own TV show. Really? And it ended up getting totally wiped off the face of the earth because they couldn't get rights to the name, I think. Ah. Uh, but the producers of Mad Men were trying to ignite a Fatal Attraction TV show. Weird. And, um, yes, and amongst the leads that they were considering, they asked two actresses who ended up turning it down. It was Jenna Dewan Tatum oh. and uh, Megan Fox. Oh, I mean, I love both of them. I do. Wait, uh, so thinking about it, I'm like, how would that work? But then do you know what? That's pretty much the plot of the show You. Have you seen You? Oh, yeah, totally. That yeah. totally is. So I guess that I I could see it working if they followed that sort of formula. I mean, that's a, a show about a an obsessive man who stalks a woman for an entire season. It could show, be like so. multiple relationships that she's Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, men. Right. So maybe, maybe... That was, you know, maybe we don't even know. Maybe that was an offshoot of, like, the original idea to bring Fatal Attraction into a TV show and made it into you. Who knows? Yeah. I guess they couldn't find anybody that would sign up to do it because they said that it was scrapped in 2017 altogether due to due to issues with the title use and casting. Interesting. Yeah, maybe they weren't... Maybe Megan Fox was like, I'm not interested in playing, you know, a, a role that's going to be demeaning women. But who knows? Maybe you is that. Yeah. I never thought about that, but that could absolutely be true. Who knows? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah. We just solved it. (laughs) (laughs) We know exactly what you're doing. Speaking of um, Fatal Attraction, or no, speaking of you, um, season two, that it was just, you know, the cast for Scream 5 just got confirmed, and Jenna Ortega, who plays in you season two isn't it yes it's so exciting so congratulations to her i can't wait to see that yes but. i love it so um overall what are your thoughts on this movie do you love it do you like it do you what do you think i i think this movie does a job well done i think that the acting is really good even though it might have been miscast as far as the male lead <laughs> <laughs> but, but for the most part this is an iconic staple of the 80s it's just something that should be held in a time capsule as one of the better films of a decade i agree yeah i mean i think i honestly think it's uh it's pretty well written for the times um i think it has one of the most iconic performances in movie history in glenn close and um i really enjoy this movie whenever i watch it i think it's a it's a good time it's uh it's it's more mature than like your average 
you know, thriller, horror fair. And so I kind of like it when I'm feeling a little sophisticated. Yeah, when you, yes, I you love know? that. Like 50 Shades of Grey followed by Fatal <laughs> Attraction. Yes, absolutely. Devil feature. Yes, like I want to like pour myself a glass of Chardonnay and watch Fatal Attraction. Ooh, run a hot bath. Yes, run a <laughs> Um, yeah, so great. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, I, I, my favorite part, I would say, is even though it's kind of crazy, I, I do love the ending. I think it's really fun. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best part of the movie. For sure. <laughs> you know, I, I understand why they wouldn't want to change it. But I mean, honestly, I, had a, I have a good time watching Glenn Close go crazy and attack people with a knife. I think it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. Um, I think that my favorite part, obviously, aside from that, because we'll say you already picked that one, um, is when they get home and they find the bunny. Oh my gosh, iconic! I hate when they moment. kill animals in movies, but it's iconic and it's horrific, and you get to see the lengths of which she'll go yeah. to get the man. Yeah, she's a psycho bitch, um, but we love her. Um, okay, so I think we I think we covered it all. What do you think? Yeah, I think that I'm totally obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm going to go to bed crying and flicking the lights off and on, just wanting to watch it again. I've already slashed my arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, all right, listeners. Um, so we want to say thank you so much for participating in our very first week of our bracket challenge oh my god i know we are doing the whole october challenge you decide and vote on what you want to hear us do in october oh my god and out of the, all the slashes that we presented nightmare on Elm street ready versus jason child's play and house of wax house of wax ended up taking it you... i think because we know we know our audience yeah but you guys had us on the edge of our seats all day we had no idea what was going to be picked it was neck and neck. It was neck and then House of Wax just swept it up. Yeah, the end. at the end, people just came through for House of Wax, which is crazy. But it was yeah, we were literally checking all day. We we're like, should we call it early? And I was like, no, let's give it a little longer. Like, and yeah, then all of and a you sudden, know, a lot of people that were voting and they were voting for a Nightmare on Elm Street or House of Wax, they would message us and go, I love both. I want to vote for both, but I had to. But I went with this one. Right. And it's like, okay. <laughs> we found our people. <laughs> yes, no, but we're super excited to do House of Wax. I love that movie. And, um, you know. It, Everyone's waiting to hear us talk about Paris. Uh, Somebody I, said they need a full breakdown of her scene in detail. So great. Uh, we'll give we it. we have to throw that in there. I, It'll be a special two-hour episode. <laughs> absolutely. I love Paris. I think she's great. And I think she's fucking great in that movie. And so a little, <laughs> little, little tidbit, you know, before we do that yeah. one. But, um. So thank you. Know, even though the boys are crazy, even though the stars are blind. <laughs> ah, oh my gosh! So yeah, thank you again for participating in that. We have more coming up. Our next one it will be on Monday. Uh, well, yeah, yes. I guess it will already have passed by this point. So um, yeah. So then tomorrow would be Thursday, since you would have to vote round two on you haunted house. Oh, yeah, haunted day. house films. Yes. So excited to see what you guys pick for those um, or as they say in my hometown a hunted house not a, hun- <laughs> a hunted house a hunted house you're so dumb <laughs> <laughs> not a hunted house oh my god um yeah so 
keep participating in all our things um we have an instagram live we love going on instagram live now i think we've decided that, I know. that this is our new favorite even if thing. we only have two people watching us we still go all the way in yeah and we yeah and so we're excited to keep bringing those to you um we we have been posting about when we do them so watch out for those so you guys can know when we'll be on live and you can join us and ask us questions and get to know us a little more. And we love getting to know you. Yeah. And maybe we'll get naked. On there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. Talk about a horror movie. Just kidding. <laughs> Talk about a horror movie. Talk about a horror movie. Just kidding. <laughs> Talk about horrors and movies. <laughs> One of our favorite things that we say from like the VH1 shows is we like all we do is we go, she's a bitch, she's a slut, she's a whore, because you know that's all they call each other on all those VH1 yeah. shows. And so, um, horror movie. That's what reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wild whore. Wild whore. Wild whore. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow, Apple Podcast review, um, any of those things. Uh, because we we love to hear from you and spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your moms, tell your dogs, tell your grandma, tell your grandma. Oh my God! Yes, we love a good grandma. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't so, you? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So in closing, I just want to say good night, good night, good night. Not you. You can show. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, New York. Good morning. Good morning. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Not you. You can show. Yeah. So if you want to <laughs> check out any of the things that we've talked today, Flavor of Love 1 and 2 are available on Hulu to watch. Um, that's what Oh, my God. We Joey has the DVDs. So we've been watching. Me too. So we've been watching the unedited versions where we, you know, they say all the F-bombs and you see. Ooh, uh, yes. You see, a, you see a titty once in a while and you're like, ah. And then, um, yeah, you know, the only thing that bugs me about it is that the um, DVD collection for season two doesn't have the reunion on it. It doesn't. Oh my god, we just no. we just watched season two and we've been waiting to get to the reunion. So I guess we'll have to watch it on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Fatal Attraction is available on HBO Max currently, as of Ooh. as of when is this? September 9th? Uh, so take your clothes oh, sorry, off, September get 16th. in bed, and turn on HBO Max. Yes, and watch some Fatal Attraction, bitches. Watch some Glenn Close. Up close. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Okay, my favorite Glenn. Before we in closing. <laughs> in closing. <laughs> um, my favorite Glenn Close reference is in Glee when they're trying to get Britney to pass high school and they're quizzing her on who the presidents are and they put up a picture of George Washington <laughs> and, and she goes, Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, she does look like George Washington. Oh my God. We just spent this whole episode defending her saying... <laughs> <laughs> And then we got to bring no, it. No, that has nothing to do with Just bringing it back to reality. It had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with that horrible casting that fucking Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> as Dan Gallagher. Fuck. All right. <laughs> he looks like a witch. He does look like a witch. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fearthetalkingqueers. Email us, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. Um, you know, hit Only fans talk. <laughs> yeah. OnlyFans.com slash Fear the Doctor. FTTQ. 
let's fuck the talking queers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I I think we're done. But yeah, give us that is dumb. Give us a follow and um, give us a message. We'd love to say hi. Um, but until then, sweet screams, bitch. Okay.